I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, you lovely people. You're listening to Small Screen 90s with me, AMJ, and him, Chris Barnes. And this week, we've been watching some of the greatest 90s TV. And I'll tell you what we do with those 90s programs. We take them and we rate them out of 90. We are the only podcast in the world doing this because, let's be honest, it ain't the greatest idea. So, how's your week been, Barnes? Yes, it's been very good. I've been actually watching the programs this week. Have you? Like what happened with Arthur when I literally remember the name of the main character, nothing else. I thought I might as well just start watching the programs. Could be a good idea. My personal highlight with you and Arthur was how excited you got over the theme tune. Yeah, the th- I love theme tunes. That's that is my favourite thing about most TV shows. That's why I've picked some this week. Like, I don't really like the program, but I like the theme tune. Oh mate, and that would explain the. F- Shall we go with? I- I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess the one that you like the theme tune of the most. What's that? We're gonna go with our first show of the week. It is the hit that is. Is it Big Break? It is Big Break. Why did you pick Big Break? Because I like the theme tune. And I like the theme tune. I just re- re- I realised watching it now, it's just Bullseye, but with Snooker. It's exactly that. It is and exactly Bullseye with Snooker. 
Jim Davison is the, the, that year's version of the Bradley Walsh, of the cheeky comedian that came on and did jokes and stuff. I, uh, I well, when I watched it, I forgot all about John 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 Virgo. John Virgo. And all those cringeworthy sketches at the beginning. And then I forgot that Jim Davidson hosted it, which kind of made me go, oh. <laughs> so it's never a good thing anymore, is it? He's not the star pulling power in the noughties that Jim Davidson was in the 90s. And good. No. I wrote down all the uh, rounds, which was ball pick. Have I put? No, that can't be right. Ball pick? Pick, pick your ball or something. Pick your balls was at the beginning where they picked a ball to find out what snooker player. That's it. Are. That's it. They picked the ball to get which um, snooker player you'd have, and it was red, red hot, which was where you had to keep putting snooker balls down in a in the right amount of time. And a trick shot. That's why I used to like it as a kid was the trick shot because we used to have a pool table, and as soon as it had finished, we tried to do the trick shot that Virgo had just done again. Did you ever pull it off the trick trick shot? Did ever pull off John Virgo? Uh, not not what, recently. But was it the waistcoat that did it for you? The it was the waistcoat that did it for me. The episode that I watched, you was dressed up as Mystic Meg. That was the exact same episode I watched as well. Was it the one where the joke was, Jim said, will you marry me four times? Yes. You said you'll say this every time in your life for like the next 20 years, which is, I do, would have been more funnier. I don't want to rewrite it now. No, 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 now's not the time. People aren't listening to it thinking, I really wish that sketch from Big Break was rewritten. And Maybe they are. And if you are, it feels the need to write in or leave an Instagram. And the prize is very 90s as well. The, one of the teams got 340 quid. The yeah. other one got 290, which you get that for the first question on Millionaire now. And 340 quid. The prizes, the prizes was, it was, 290 quid, and, and your bus fare home. You didn't get that. Electronic phone, I think it was, one of the prizes, and a hi-fi with all, with all the top 10 CDs. Yes. Oh, mate, but imagine that back then. Imagine getting a hi-fi with the oh, entire... And a microwave oven, the, oh. the height of sophistication. Oh, one of those old school microwave ovens that cook food inside out. You know, when they used to believe that you could cook a whole chicken in there before people believed in salmonella. I, I, I've destroyed loads of microwaves over the years. What? I stuck tinfoil in it once when I was little and it, it sparked and then it blew up. I love the way you said it like initially, like you meant to destroy all those microwaves over the years. I haven't got a vendetta against the microwave. I've just, just happened to destroy it. Can I just the thing that really got me about Big Break as well? When you go through these facts and stuff of like shows, if something doesn't work in one or two series now, it's gone. Mm. This had 222 episodes and 17 specials. Let that sink in. Yes, Uka based show on a prime time Saturday night. Dave, Jim Davison was always obsessed with Jimmy White. I remember he used to go, Oh, Jimmy. But I've he listened was. to Virgo now on the snooker and he's become a really miserable sod. Oh, you shouldn't have done that. In my day, we would have potted it properly. I thought, yeah, did you ever win a championship, John? I don't think you did. I don't think he was the height of excitement back in the day, though, John Virgo. It's like, oh, we're doing a snooker pace programme. Who should we have? Oh, John Virgo. At least it wasn't Ronnie O'Sullivan, because I don't like him. He wins everything. He, I watched him win a championship once, and he came second, and he gave it to someone in the front row. 
That's how much he didn't care about being in the competition. It might have been his wife, but I was really annoyed by it. I was like, just give it away. Just giving your trophy away to someone. <laughs> Knowing how competitive you get as well, I can see you watching that and genuinely getting annoyed that he gave the trophy to an audience member. I'm, I'm not really competitive normally. But if I'm if I'm winning, then I would like to keep winning. But if I yeah. if it's there's no point, and I was like, oh. you're like competitive one, if you're winning at something. <laughs> like one comedy competition in Leicester Square, where they called out the winner, and I was that I wasn't that bothered at all that I was actually outside when it when that, the winner was announced, and they went, oh yeah, that bloke over there won it. Said, oh right, I thought was it you? It wasn't me. No. Oh, sorry to hear that. That would, have been, that would have been funny if I'd come walking through the door and I went, it's you, him. That would have been like, like the big lottery figure just pointed at you. It's you. Big foam hand. What happened to them? Everyone used to have big foam hands. We used to have the wrestling when I worked for a certain holiday park. And the bottom like venue flooded once when the sea rose during the storm. And uh, we just used loads of those foam hands to soak it all up. <laughs> It was a great day. It weren't great when the wrestlers come back and found like mouldy hands where we just clearly <laughs> rung them out and put them back in the cupboard. But if you do have like a leak anywhere, use your old foam hands. Use them. Use them. Use them. If you've got a gladiator one, well, maybe not. It could be worth some money. But I think you'd be be worse as well because if you're using giant foam hands to put out a fire, what if it just blows back and like sets fire to the hands? It might just absorb the fire and then you've got to get some more this is why you're no longer a health and safety officer no no i got fired from there you, you did for this very thick on gladiators in the 90s my brother's carpentry safety officer only had three fingers i was did like it? well i'm not going to believe anything you say sir <laughs> yeah well at least he knows what oh yeah least, well that, that he knows more about health and safety <laughs> And why you should listen to the health and safety guidelines. Suppose in carpentry, though, like fingers are quite an important thing to like keep hold of in anything in life. It so, is when you're cut when you're cutting anything, just as just the muggle, not as a carpenter. People go, "Oh, mind your fingers." It's like, well, yes, I'm not going to yeah. stick my fingers into the blade. I can't think of any job in the world where you wouldn't need your fingers. Um, to be honest with you, if anyone can think of any. Write it in the comments wherever this podcast is found. Right, write it in the comments. A I, job I, very I much said it like it, I, I said it like it was lost and found. Like it was, <laughs> if, uh, if anyone hands it in anywhere on Spotify, give it back. Would you give what Big do Break? I, what do if, I give Big Break? Well, if Jim wasn't in it. If Jim wasn't in it, so we're then it'll make show. it more fair. If Jim Davidson wasn't in it and Brian Conley was hosting it, I'd probably give it oh. 60, yeah? Yeah? Yeah. It's a good vehicle for Conley. It's a good vehicle. Just throwing it out there. But sadly, I just I just don't feel comfortable around him as a person anymore. I did as a kid. I don't know more. But then again, let's look at our kids' TV presenters. But I am going to give it... I think because John Virgo was played the drug, uh, played the trodden on character quite well. I'm going to give it 35. Gosh, I'm going to give it five. Five, five out of ninety. <laughs> no, we add the scores together. I still, I haven't worked out how this works. Do we add the scores together? 
Well, this is the problem with the scoring system as well. As we both got come to an agreement, but this has to be less than an hour long. Yes. Well, I'll, wherever you give them, I'll give them ten more than what after what you you can add it to your score. So, so whatever I give them, you'll give it ten more, even if you don't yeah. like it. No, not not every single one. Just this one. Just this one. So if I give it thirty, you'll we'll make it forty. Yeah. There we go. So that is Big Break, everyone. 40. 40 for Big Break. There we go. It feels like it needs a kind of a flashing light or something after that, doesn't it? Boo-boo. <laughs> it just goes down the chute. We said this the other way. Like, it goes down the chute and we can hear it going. It, it does. <laughs> like, cling. We're here to talk about an amazing children's programme called The Queen's Nose. <laughs> You say amazing. Oh, it's not at all. I watched episode one back. And talk about an idea that did too many episodes. This lasted 44 episodes and seven series. It's based on a girl whose Uncle Ginger comes to visit her and gives her a magic 50p, where if you rub its nose, the Queen's nose, you get whatever wish you want. The first thing she wishes for is a rabbit. And also, she doesn't know those rules. It's never, it's, his Uncle Ginger does not explain the rules in the first episode to say that she can get seven wishes. She just yeah. gives it to her. Her scantily clad sister comes along and tries to nick it. What is she wearing? This is meant to be... Um, and then I found out that the... Uh, who, who's the lead character? What's her name? I think it was Melody, but I think that might be the name of the sister. I could be Melody wrong, was... Right. Melody was born in 1983, which was the same age as me. So she's probably the same age as me now, the actress, if they're doing it properly. They might not be doing it properly. She might have been playing older or younger than she was. She might have been 45 then. But I know this is the, the joy of being an actor. They can play someone 90, they can play someone 20. That's the skill that they have. I just, watching it back, it felt like it was the longest show I'd ever watched in the entirety of my life. Uncle Ginger just come across as a bit of a dickhead now. Do you know what I mean? Like, he, he, yes. he used to be fun and excited, and now he's one of those people who, in their 50s, is clearly still smoking too much weed and not paying attention for things that are important. That was him. And he went off to find a Yeti. I don't know if he ever found that Yeti. I don't care. I hated the theme tune at the beginning. It felt, felt like a murder mystery a Ruth Rendell sort of thing at the beginning. It's like, yeah, this doesn't really set up the show. And it's on one of those old kind of, I was going to say xylophones, on one of those old telescopes. Oh, yeah. The, like, colours yeah. behind them. Yeah, it was just... Like the Tales of the Unexpected or something like that was about to come on. 
there was a highlight in it. Did you not spot the highlight? Right. I want you to say what it is. And if I've written the same thing down, then... I've written down two. I've written down two words that made it good. Yeah, right, right. You go. Thora Heard is in the shop. Thora Heard, right? I, I have missed that woman so much. Is is the woman in the post office? Yeah, talking about the privatisation of the post office in a kids show. Could you imagine that in Postman Pat? The idea of some old Granny Goggins is kicking off that she doesn't want to send a parcel. She's basically playing the same character she plays in Last of the Summer Wine. And she's acting everyone else off the screen. But maybe she turned out and thought, like, oh, well, I quite like that bit. It was solid, weren't it? Do you know what? That, that gets 20 more points before her. Just for Thor Ed being in it. Oh, what, what a legend. Right. There's a bit where she's chasing her sister around with stuff. When they're eating dinner, and then halfway through it, because it's stuff in the garden where it's going, oh, might have cat pee on that. Oh, you might get cat herpes. And I was thinking, like, how did that slip through? On CBBC, the phrase cat herpes. Oh, the children acting is shit in it as well. Do you know what? The little boy is like, oh, what are you doing? Oh, God. Your mum and dad paying you for your acting lessons isn't paid off, is it? Not at all. I don't mean, I've got, it's okay to say this about them now, listeners, for they have all grown up. I single-handedly think the worst thing in the entirety of the world is children singing. <laughs> and anyone who disagrees with that, it's horrible. No one likes it unless they're your children. No, nativity plays. What are they for? Well, they're for the kids. The kids would actually do it to a, a wall. They wouldn't need an audience. Exactly. And, and do you know what? The matter of Jesus is quite a serious matter. Let's let it doesn't need the songs. It doesn't, it's all right. It's a good story. It doesn't need the music. Some say it's the greatest story ever told. Don't need crabs in it and stuff. You don't need crab crabs in it. What do you want about? I don't know. They seem to stick any old thing into nativity plays now. It can be anything. I love the way we're saying this, like sun readers, that we know what goes on in a nativity play. And I haven't seen a nativity play for at least no, 32 years. At school. I was in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory with Alex Brooker off the last leg. He was a squirrel. I was in Palumba. What? You, you were in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory with... No, no, no. Not, not the actual film. I mean, we did a play at school. Oh, and yeah. we did gender roles. It was Wilma Wonka because the, the girl in, in our school was better acting than everyone else. So they changed uh, Wally. Willie. <laughs> I forgot his name. Willie. Willie. No, it is Willie, isn't it? No, Wonka. They changed Wonka from a, from a yeah, woman. Yeah, Willie Wonka. Yeah. They could always find him. No, I was a rapping uh, Oompa Loompa. Chocolate Oompa Loompa. Right. I had a chocolate bar on my head. Also, can I just point out as well that you dropped into that conversation that you went to school with Alex Brooker? Yes, I went to school with Alex Brooker. You went to school with Alex Brooker? Yes. Why has this never come up before? In the Do you not know this? No. This is, yeah, he was in the same class. I went to his a birthday party. You went to Alex Brooker's birthday party? Yeah. And I saw him in Edinburgh like, a couple of years later. Oh, fuck off about seeing him in Edinburgh. No, <laughs> no, no, because... Bloody no, Edinburgh. no, I was in Edinburgh. And he went, oh, hello, mate. Hello, hello. And then he took a fake phone call and went outside and saw his girlfriend. And it's like, I... Oh... <laughs> I thought, I know what you did. 
And then he was uptown in the Phoenix. We love the Phoenix. And my friend said, go up and chat to him. I said, no, I'm going to chat, go and chat to him. He uh, obviously took a fo- fake phone call in Edinburgh. I'm having it. Oh, mate, I'm sorry. To, he might not have taken a fake phone Did you know that he took a fake phone call? And then the, 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 I think so, because he was also with the comedian Matt Ford, who does political comedy. Yeah, but it was, it was weird. And Matt Ford said, Matt Ford ever got on to do? He's not been in a Willy Wonka school activity no. based play. Before I went up to Edinburgh, I don't normally watch The Last Leg, but I just happened to watch the one with John Cleese. So I said, Oh, he got to work with John Cleese. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I managed to stick the knife in before I stopped talking to him and asked him if he had writers. And he said, no, they don't want me to have writers. They want me to be natural. Do you think that phone started ringing in his mind the moment you asked if he had writers? No, it was after that. His girlfriend went outside and then he went outside. He said, oh, she's she's called me. And uh, he went and stood with his friends and thought, "I, I know what you've just done. That? That little story there is more exciting than anything that ever happened in the Queen's nose. And I saw him again in Ashford. He was recording something with his mum and dad. <laughs> and they were saying his mum had to, and dad had to come in and look at look at Alex as he came through the door and smile. I think they were recording some wedding video or something like that. I've never seen it on telly. He, when he walked in there and smiled and uh, me and my brother were in there. And we're like, let's go. Let's go somewhere else. And we went to a different pub. And then Alex came to that pub as well. And then my mate Joseph went, you said he would come here, didn't you? It's like, shut up. <laughs> Joseph, <laughs> Mr. Mr. Saddle himself. So now I've burnt all the bridges for the last leg. I won't, don't think I'll be on there now. I, I think you will, mate. Just give it a good run, I think. <laughs> well, I'll go on the last leg and I'll take a fake phone call in front of Adam Hills and say, oh, oh sorry, a minute. hang on, Adam's just called me, Adam Morrison-Jones. Hello, yeah? About your fake phone call? Is that who, who rings Yeah, you? that's the, who I'd ring. Or, do you know what? I've got so much disrespect for him, I won't even take my phone. I'll just pretend that I'm ringing him with my hand. You know, would you just Apple Watch it, look at your wrist and think, oh, James uh, Rugby. Gotta go. Gotta go. And then just not answer. This is what I don't like podcasts for, because they because I'm too honest. It's not honest, though, is it? It's just like, well, you're not too honest. I've known you at least seven years, and you've only just mentioned that now. What, what else are we going to dig up? Oh, I thought you knew it anyway. I thought everyone knew that I went no. to Brooklyn. Who was your head teacher, Johnny Vegas? N- no. <laughs> but I've oh. seen Johnny Vegas in the street, and I didn't want to say hello to him because he looked pissed. I was coming back from Edinburgh, and he was like, he was with his friend, and some other person came up to his friend and was talking to him, and Johnny's like, fuck's sake, come on, can we get going? And I thought, I don't want to go up to him and go, can I have a, can I have a selfie, Mr Vegas, please? I've just, oh. I've just done a comedy gig. <laughs> Yeah, funny. Oh, did, I, did I tell you what happened to me after that Ashford gig? No. What happened after the Ashford gig? Well, one of the audience members afterwards stopped me and went, oh, really love what you did tonight. Uh, can I have a selfie with you? So I took a selfie. Then he asked me if I was famous and I said no. And he deleted it and walked off. <laughs> I mean, like, that's really hedging your bets, isn't it? Well, if you have to go up to someone and ask them if you're famous or not, then you definitely aren't. Well, they're definitely not famous to them. Well, yeah, not doing the Phoenix on a Friday at Ashford. Well, I, one got... of the audience members from Edinburgh came up to me once and said, it's Trevor Filker, there he is. And uh, they chatted to me for a bit and then they walked off and the lady said, was that good? And the bloke went, yeah, it's the best thing ever. I was like, what the fuck's that? <laughs> See, this is it. 
And this already proves it's a low score because we spoke more about that than the actual Queen's nose. Yeah, how do we get onto the... How, how do we get away from... I can't even remember how we got away from the Queen's nose. The, the moment you mentioned Alex Brigham being in your school in oh, the same yes. class as well. That's not one of those like stories going. Oh, so well, Alex Brook. Oh no, Alex Brook wasn't born in the nineties. We can't put him in. We can't. No. Queen's nose. What shall we give it? What What would you give it? I'd give it uh, five. Five. Oh, oh, do you know what? I'm going to give it seven. I think I know someone who wrote on it, and I'm not sure if I do still. I thought of a better one for next week. The Demon Headmaster. Demon Headmaster had a bit of Bernard's watch. There we go. But that's next week. Don't spoil them already, then think oh, about sorry. the scores and everything. The Demon Headmaster was amazing. So let's put the Queen... Demon Headmaster in instead of the Queen's Nose. <laughs> Are you suggesting we just why did you the... suggest the Queen's Nose? Did you think did it was ask... better than you thought it was? I'll be honest with you. I said the Queen's Nose, and clearly in my muddled up little dyspraxic mind, I thought it was the Demon Headmaster, and then watched one episode of it and realized my mistake. So yeah, seven out of ten for the Queen's Nose. It's the lowest seven one we've out done. Of 90, even, out of ninety, that's the lowest scoring show on the history of this podcast. Well, let's hope uh, we get the scores up with this next one. What are you bringing to the table, Bob? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I am bringing This Morning with Richard, not Judy. Wake up! Let down your hands. 
show like i think it was i think it's possibly in my top 50 all-time tv shows of all time did you watch episode one i've watched them all recently as well uh but let's discuss episode one what was it about episode one that made you think oh this is good it was really funny and i thought oh straight away they've gone straight in and they know what they're doing and some of it in it i was like how the hell did you get away with this at midday on a sunday and on a, was it a Friday Night Repeat or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite a good joke of Stuart Lee talking to the camera and saying, if you're watching this, you're sad, you shouldn't be watching this. And then Richard Herring said, actually, Stuart is talking to himself. And he's like, no! <laughs> I think them two together were just brilliant. I think that's the sad thing about everything now, uh, but we're not going to dive into that because that's a well-trodden road. But I just... The, the way Stuart plays the straight man in it is brilliant and the way like Richard plays like the funny man and just some of the sketches like <laughs> the man just eating what, what did what sketches were in the episode you watched uh, there was a priest there was the curious orange which used to scare me but the one that they had in the first episode I think he used to like growl like a pig when he got upset in later episode, it was souls, didn't he? he? Used to get angry yeah. and want to take the souls of everyone in the studio. Which there was one thing that I remember from being watching it the first time round, which was everyone said that Lee Evans is Norman Wisdom on acid, so <laughs> they gave Norman Wisdom acid, and it's just an old man wandering around not knowing what's going on. <laughs> you could ask my brother if you just say Norman Wisdom on acid, he's like. <gasps> Lee and Herring. And oh. another episode is where Richard Herring jumps on the settee and sings I Am the Lord of the Dance Settee. And I happened to go and see his Edinburgh show called The Lord of the Dance Settee and he did it live. And it was almost like the Monty Pythons at the O2. Like, I've just seen my favourite sketch live. I hate, I hate that unusual priest. What? You yeah. shouldn't make fun of Jesus, well, Stu. He is the Lord of the Dance. Um, maybe once, Rich, but I think you'll find that honour has now fallen to Michael Flatley. No, Stu, Michael Flatley's just the lord of one dance. The dancer goes like that, he's the lord of that. Oh, I'm pretty good at it. You are good, you're not the lord. Je I'm not the lord, but Jesus is the lord of all the other dances, Stu. He is, after all, the lord of the dance settee. The dance settee? Yes, yeah, Stu, dance, dance wherever you may be, for I am the lord of the dance settee. Right, okay. Um... <laughs> What do you imagine, Rich, in your imagination is the dance settee? Is the dance settee, yeah. as any school child or don't, lamb would know, Stu. Don't patronise me. It's a huge sofa in heaven. It's massive. Right. It's bigger than any sofa you could imagine, Stu. It's about 800 yards long. I could imagine that easily. All right, it's 900 yards long. Can you imagine that? No. There, see, it's, right. it's massive, and all day, nine to five, yeah. Jesus is up on it, right? Yeah. He's dancing. Nine, that's his job. Nine to five, he dances. He what does the waltz on there, the can-can. He's doing the hucklebuck. Yeah. Jesus. Right. Jesus is doing the do is up he there, really? He's right. doing everything. Yeah. If anyone tries to get up on the dance settee yeah. and dance with them, he goes, no, get up! <laughs> I 
am the lord of the dance setting. Oh, get away! No, don't laugh or applaud, right? Rich is managing to get two minutes of material out of a chance mishearing of him at the age of four. This is 27-year-old material. Ignore it, OK? I'm the lord of it. What, he speaks like that, does he, Jesus? If you were watching last week, I'm sure you'd be very excited to know what happens in part two of our exciting animated series. Stop doing it. Leave it. Oh, mate, it, it was just brilliant. And I don't think... The thing when you look back at sketch shows as well, it doesn't feel like you're watching a sketch show, but you clearly are with This Morning with Richard, not Judy. And like the and... calibre of the stuff in the 90s with that. And even like Big Train, there's another one that can happen soon. And Trev Trevor Locke's in it that we've gigged with. Is Trevor Locke in it as well? Yes, he's in, he's in the first episode. They bring him out as one of the handsome people. Oh, not, he's not allowed to speak. They tell him that he's an ex, they have to pay him more if he speaks. And he's trying to speak and they're like, no, you can't speak. And the actor, <laughs> Kevin Eldon's in it as well. Oh, Kevin Eldon's brilliant. And they do this kind of thing that you don't see so much in TV anymore. You see it, which like, I never used to like Ant and Dex Saturday Night Takeaway, but like in the last few years, I feel that's a real return to form for that kind of variety stuff. But the whole thing of getting the audience involved and making someone king of the show. Yes. That nonsense is gone. And I just I just I just love it. It just makes me happy watching episodes back. So was the king of the show not a plant? It was an actual person. I think it was an actual person. I knew the floor manager who worked on Fist of Fun. I wonder I wonder what will be coming up soon when we get him on. But I'll have to ask him if it is a plant, but it always seemed like it wasn't to me. There was one bit at the end when they started to do libelous things and then it cut off to some other bloke and it came back and Richard Herring said, and that's what Jimmy Savile and his brother get up to. I was like, oh, that's aged well, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and his brother. Oh, See, his brother as well has been doing it. But both of it. See, everyone knew about that, which is the most heartbreaking thing. But we're not here to discuss that. No. So, this morning with Richard, not Judy. Is it on DVD anywhere? I don't think it was the Edinburgh show to start off with. They did the Edinburgh as a laugh and then it got picked up by BBC Two. And apparently, no one, ever, none, of, none of the people in BBC ever watched it. So that's why they got away with so much stuff. Eventually, they went, Why are we paying for this for? They got rid of it. Well, originally, it wasn't going to be Stuart Lee, it was going to be Nick Hancock. What? What with Richard Herring? With Richard Herring, which no one really wants, I don't think. Wasn't there another one on Sunday mornings which was had a big CGI shark in it? Sunday, like, where, where Peter Kay started out. Yeah, late lunch or something. Yeah, we have to look at that as well. I'll write it down in the notebook. Don't worry, listeners. And if you are keeping score, uh, I will put out a little spreadsheet at the end of the week. Yeah, we should have a scoreboard. Because it gives away what goes on this one. Uh, so, this morning with Richard, not Judy, I'm thinking high numbers. What, what do you want to give it? 70. Do you know what? I think that's good. Let's give it 70, which makes this, at this moment in time, the greatest TV show of the 90s. Come oh, on. Finally, the order is correct. Finally, the order is correct. There it is. It's not Charlie Chalk, because I'm not going through that argument ever again. It's this morning with Richard, not Judy. If you haven't watched it, check it out on YouTube. It's absolutely brilliant. Just yeah, with Stuart Lee's hair. There's people arguing this week saying, 
the first week was wrong. And it's like, we know. We corrected it yeah, in the second yeah. episode. It was just to get you listed. It was to cause some controversial uh, matters. Yeah, Like t- the newspapers used to do, yeah. It was deliberately done. Deliberately done. So which, what is the final one we're talking about on the show today? Oh, fuck. Sure, we could <laughs> this feels that. wrong saying tonight. So what is the last one that we are talking about today? This is Art Attack. This is an Art Attack? This is an Art Attack. This is Art Attack. I think maybe Lee and Harry might be kicked off quite early. Do you know what? I watched this back today. I'd always watch one episode to kind of remind me of how good something was. I watched four episodes. And can I just say, Neil Buchanan is absolutely amazing. That's 20 minutes long. I thought they were half an hour. Well, one, the one that I watched was 20 minutes. What one did you watch? I watched one where he made a f- sponge frame. A sponge frame. Yes. I watched the one where he uh, made splat art, which is where he hollowed out loads of eggs, filled them with paint, and threw them off a wall. Well, in my one, he made sponge frame for a picture, and the picture in the frame that he used was a picture of Anthea Turner in Blue Peter. I thought, this is this is a crossover. Yeah, it's like why her? Why have you picked her to make a picture of? Neil Buchanan. Also, on one of the ones that I watched, he uh, showed us how to do an outlined picture, where you outline the picture and you colour it all in different colours to make kind of a Picasso-esque stuff, and he did it to Princess Diana. So, uh, yeah. Neil was there PVA glue in yours? Because I was like, yes, I remember PVA glue. I didn't see any PVA glue, but what was the big art attack you had? He was working in a warehouse full of boxes, and then his boss came along and told him to start working, so he decided to take them all outside and build a picture of the of the pyramids and the Sphinx out in the... <laughs> yeah, yeah, Bob, Bob, Bob was pretty crap. He just had a load of uh, golden retrievers with toilet roll. Did he do the hands when he's finished? Because he always got to do the hands. He he's, the once hands. you finish, stand out and put your hands out and go, look, I've done it. Can I just point out as well, like, this is one of those, like, big mo- moments where people talk about, like, oh, did you know he was in a metal band? He wasn't just in a metal band. They won Battle of the Bands in the 80s and played Wembley Arena. Of course they did, because he's, he's amazing. He's amazing, of course he. Imagine that posters. Imagine the posters of the metal band of Neil Buchanan. What I like amazing. about him is he's moved away from kids' telly, obviously, and if you spoke to him, he'd be like a normal person. If you speak to Timmy Mallet, he's still Timmy Mallet, and I was like, you don't have to be Timmy Mallet all the time. You could be yourself now. Timothy... Yeah, Timothy, I don't really think his name's Timothy. It's Timothy. I share a birthday with Timmy Mallet. Do you share a birthday? It all makes perfect sense. Now. I always, I always wish him happy birthday. And well, can Paul... you stop dropping clangers in this episode. You share a birthday with Timmy Mallet. You and Alex Brooker are best of friends. Whatever next. I share my birthday with Rod Gilbert, Zach Efron, Claude Van Damme. Used to be Chuck Berry till he died, and uh, Barry Chuckle. I found out the other year. 
That, that's amazing. And also, chop berry is still chop berry, even though he's dead. Yes, but I just like, used to share his birthday when you die. No, but I used to share my birthday with him. He's there. Oh, there's old Chucky Berry there again. I, I share a birthday with Paul McCartney. Oh, all right. Don't show and, up. Uh, the, the next day's Garfield's birthday. So uh, there you go, people. I think actually, I think I share a birthday with Boris Johnson, but I don't really want to admit that. <laughs> just have... I just have out loud. Oh man, I just it just like it was great watching Art Attack. The intro's amazing. That weird head, head... head's yeah, always head. in it. It always just amused me that he always used to make what Neil had been making. He's got no arms. How is he making this? He was great, weren't he? Head. Did, did you notice head changes as well? Like at the beginning, it's a very oh hello, serious head. Then it's hello, Ahmed. It's very obvious, and it changes from an actual human head to a puppet. So uh, they went there. He made drippy letters when I watched it to make it more like Halloween. You just draw normal letters, but then you make them drippy. I uh, I watched an episode of Must Have Watched when I was a kid as well of how to draw a cartoon family. I was like, mm-hmm. you start with like the, the normal cartoon character, the eyes, nose and the mouth, and you take those bits and you add them to the mum and the dad to make them look similar. I mean, he's, just, he's just great. You want to watch Neil Buchanan. I can't stress this enough. I used to subscribe subscribe to the uh, magazine. You, there was the Art Attack what magazine where you can make stuff. And I, the first one, I loved it because I thought, yeah, I've got loads of time to try and make everything that's in the book. And then they came weekly and I was like, I'm running out of time. I, I, I haven't finished doing these ones yet. And eventually I, we told the news agents to stop boarding. <laughs> How did the news agents take such news? He was nothing. It was like, I bring this in especially for you. Harry Hill. You're not even reading it. You're not even reading it. <laughs> I, like, I like the sound of a disappointed news agent that you're telling you're no longer subscriber to Art of That magazine. You what? You're yeah. subscribing to the new Buchanan canon. Canon. <laughs> the new Buchanan canon. The, the canon canon. You also use split pins, which I haven't seen them for years either, where they, you split the pin. Oh, I love that. I love what he used to say, right, you can find this stuff all around the house. I go, what house do you live in? Yeah, it's a bit like Nigella, isn't it? Oh, just buy this couscous from my special man that comes down the shop. Like, yeah, we can all buy that, love, from Aldi. We can all buy it, yeah. We haven't even got a Waitrose near us. Come on, Nigella, sort it out. How do you feel about the fact that they replaced Mr Neil twice? I I think at the time ITV probably did it for a reason. I think Neil was probably bored to the back teeth of it. I remember posting on Facebook with a picture of the new guy with the caption, who is this twat? And it got lots of likes. (laughs) He looked a bit like Neil as well. There's nothing worse than when they do that, replacing someone with someone who looks like them. I understand, like, the soap or something, but hosting a show. I tell you what, though, it got me in trouble for one of the first times ever in school. In primary school, we were all doing, like, sketches for a drama class, and I thought it was funny to pretend to be Neil Buchanan and go, this is heart attack and pass out on the floor. But I got my name on the board and two ticks because that's apparently not what you do at Bellevue Primary School. I got told in drama class that I've got a really good Scottish accent because I was playing an old woman and I had to throw myself down the stairs and said, well, I like your Scottish accent. That was really good. What play was that? It wasn't. Basically, every every week we think of a funny sketch that we'd do in front of the class for drama 
and then it'll never get a laugh. I remember someone did an inflatable. They were saying, oh, it's inflatable. Oh, and everyone laughed at that. And we were like, oh, fuck's sake. I've just thrown myself down the stairs for this. Could you do that Scottish accent for the listeners now? I think they would hear it and do the falling down the stairs. Oh, no, I'm going to fall down the stairs. Oh, no. Oh. Wow. Yeah, like you were there. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> I'm quite good at his Scottish accent. It's the only accent I can do. If I try to do any other accent, it sort of slips into Northern every single time. If I try and do Welsh or anything. I, I, can't do, I can't do a Scottish accent, even being half Scottish. So. Well, I sneaked up to Joseph in a shop the other day behind him and just said, can you help me with this, Sonny? And he looked round and was like, oh, it's fucking you, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you little prankster. Yeah, the Matt Wills as well in, Scot- in Scotland. You having a good night, Paul? He went, oh, fuck, it's you, isn't it? Yeah, it's me. <laughs> did he go off and answer his phone as well? No, only Brooke did that. Anyway, that bit's not going in. <laughs> it definitely is. That's staying right in. <laughs> oh, mate, can we do Beatles about next week? Yes. Right, I'm going to check if it is 90s. So, Art Attack, it meant a lot to us. And let's, let's go back to episode one. Where just because Charlie Chalk had a ball pit, it got 20 extra points. Remember, Neil Buchanan had a magazine. Chris, what do you want to give it? I want to give it 75. 75. I'm going to give it 75 too. Which means, people, Art Attack is the greatest show of the 90s. Sorry, Richard Herring. Sorry, you've been kicked off. Wasn't he get, didn't he go on Mastermind and have the highest score until about 10 minutes later when the person after him got one more point in him and he got kicked off? Exactly. But you guys, like, he might come back. There might be another Richard Herring and uh, Stuart Lee's theories on this that might take greater show of the 90s. It might Just do. Saying. Probably not, but it might do. It might do. You can tell that we like Art Stack the most because we spoke actually spoke about it and didn't talk about me in Edinburgh with a Channel 4 comedian. He's not a comedian, he's a journalist. Well, and, and let's just say one of the shows this week only got seven, our lowest score ever. But well, have you ever been watching the television and you just see your friend from school interviewing Boris Johnson at the Paralympics? No, I don't think you have, have you? The surprise of... What's he doing on there? <laughs> I've never seen any of my class on TV. Jeremy Carl? No, not Jeremy Carl. Actually, who 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 was famous for my school? Josh Stone went to my school. From Ashford, it used to be Nursey from Blackadder came from Ashford. Well, Nursey from Blackadder. There we go. There we go. Ashford had so many claims to fame. Well, I hope you've enjoyed tonight. You won not tonight. Oh, what do I keep saying tonight? Sorry, <laughs> I will when I'm doing. Podcasts always go, thanks for watching. Like, oh. I'm going to say thanks for watching now anyway. <laughs> go on then. Thank you for watching, listening, or whatever you did to get this episode of this wonderful Small Screen 90s podcast. Thank you for all your little votes and stuff. It's been absolutely brilliant. And we will see you next week. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.